Welcome to our pilot episode of MGCI Talks, a podcast exploring social justice and equity topics prevalent in the world and speaking with inspiring people set on creating a positive positive change in today's society. Whether you're a bored high schooler, a budding advocate for social justice awareness, someone looking to feel inspired, or just wanting to hear two high schoolers give our two cents about our favorite representations of minorities in media, this is the podcast for you. This is MGCI Talks, where we celebrate the genius, the innovation, and the resilience that is so particular to our differences. That was Nuha Khan, co-host, and I am Fardeen Panjwani. We are honored to welcome our first guest, Ms. Sherry Shu, founder of Find Your Story Canada. Find Your Story Canada is an organization aiming to reignite Canadian youth engagement in the language arts and improve access to language education for students who need support. Hi, Sherry. Hi. Thank you. We would like to wish you a happy Women's Day, and thank you so much for being with us on our podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great being here. So, Cherry, why don't you start telling us about yourself and about yeah. your organization? For sure. So, yeah, I'll start off. I'm Sherry. I'm a grade 11 high school student at St. Robert Catholic High School right now. Um, I'm, like, in the Ivy program. I like to read and write, obviously, as a founder of Find Your Story. And um, I, I guess moving on to the organization, I started Find Your Story, like, relatively early in 2020, just as an organization that I thought could help a lot of young people who maybe were trying to develop a new hobby during the quarantine or wanted to participate in some sort of workshop or some new opportunities to help develop their skills in language arts. And I knew that uh, a lot of students probably weren't able to you know, access as many educational resources because everything shut down. So I thought it would be really cool to give them the opportunity to access these through Find Your Story. And yeah. So aside from your organization, do you have any passions or interests? Yeah, uh, so on my own, like outside of obviously the organization, I really like creative writing and like just writing as a hobby. So I do a lot of creative writing and journalism. Um, I'm also someone who really likes debate and like public speaking. So I guess that's also language arts. So that's something I do quite often. Um, and I have like a passion for a lot of different things. I really like, you know, learning about science, learning about like um, psychology and the human condition. Um, and I try and stay involved in my community. Like I'm a part of, for example, my school's like social justice uh, council in which we organize initiatives to help our community and yeah, I'm always, you know, trying to support one good cause or another somehow. It is always good to have a motive or passion in your life. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That is very impressive. So following up on that, what advice would you give a woman or a girl wanting to pursue something in a similar field as yours and wanting to do something such as creating her, their own organization or just trying to create a positive change in the community like you have? That's a great question. Uh, I think probably the biggest thing I'd recommend or just like something I think that was difficult for me was just getting started at the beginning because um, a lot of the time you want to do something like you want to start an organization or you want to do something uh, that you're passionate about but you really don't feel like you have the time or you come up with all these great ideas and you don't actually implement them. So I guess this is not necessarily just advice for women but advice for everyone like the most important thing is to just get started, even if the first results or like what you do initially isn't perfect, because it's kind of something you you just throw out there and then you kind of learn from the experience. 
So I'd say that's probably the biggest thing. And I think, yeah, as a, uh, as a woman or like, I guess a founder of an organization, it's like, uh, it don't, don't like be afraid of, you know, again, those little imperfections, it, like of being perfect the first time. Um, don't be like, I don't know, be, for, pretend like that you can't do something or uh, feel like you are put back by your limitations because you're a woman or because, you know, you haven't led anything before because a lot of the things with like leadership and starting something and being the face of an organization, again, just comes with practice. And um, yeah, so yeah, the biggest advice would probably just be to get started and to, of course, do something that you feel passionate about. Um, and this, of course, can be anything from if you're a woman that's interested in like engineering, even though that's a really male dominated field, and you want to part do something in engineering, like don't be scared to let that phase you really just go for it if it's something you're passionate about and something you love. So going off of what you just said, it was very like, very inspiring to say the least Thank and you. what's a philosophy that you go by that has helped you become who you are now and that has helped shape your journey of founding an organization on your own that's a deep question <laughs> i don't let me think about that for a second i i guess i don't really have a a really strong philosophy like in, in i guess a very like deep sort of way um, when I go into projects or when I like try and start things I'm mostly doing it, you know, based off something I really like and based off something that um, like I'm having fun doing like this sounds really cliche, I think, because a lot of people are like, oh, do what you love or do what you find fun. But I think it's that is like important. It's because when you do stuff, it's like, don't try to, you know, start a random organization just because of like college applications or, or do what everyone else is doing, but that, that run the exact same thing that maybe another student would be doing. I think it's about being unique and also finding something that's actually you like doing. So like, I think I apply this idea of just like having fun through, through the things I'm doing to other things too. Like when I participate in like extracurriculars or um, sign up for an opportunity, I don't I don't want to force myself to keep doing it if I'm like, oh, I need to put this on my resume or something. Like I, I want to make sure I'm having fun doing it, so it's not something that's really a burden on me. And like when fi uh, finding founding find your story and uh, running all of our programs, like I always made sure the ideas we're coming up with were really exciting, and everything we've been doing is like has been super motivating for me to keep going. So yeah, I'd say, I guess that's a philosophy of sorts, if you will. That is actually a very good philosophy. And I personally, like, it is very similar to what I agree with, what I just go by that you shouldn't really do something because of like the outcome as your college application or just to make it look good, right? You should yeah. do something because it's what you're passionate about. And it does sound kind of like cheesy Tumblr quote type. <laughs> yeah. Really, like, it's basically, it's the fundamental idea that if you boil all those deeper philosophies down, you just get that, do what you're passionate about and you'll find a way to make fun, like to make to make it interesting for yourself and others. And that'll really help you get that change that you want. So yeah, totally agree with that. That's a very good point. Thank you. <laughs> so based off of your journey, you started this pretty um, like recently. And even though it has been recent, you have, achieved so much in such little time. And I would just like to say that it is very impressive. And we would also like to know what challenges have you faced as a woman in this field, as a woman uh, 
as a woman trying to do something in uh, language arts and how have you overcome these challenges? Yeah, well, I think like starting off, there's definitely an advantage, I think, to, to starting an organization in a field like language arts, because I think in comparison to other fields, like, I don't know, we mentioned earlier STEM or fields that women are like even more not commonly seen in, language arts is one of those fields that is more, I think, receptive to that, if that makes any sense. Like mm -hmm. it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I wouldn't say, I guess, I, I think in terms of challenges, um, I wouldn't say there's been many challenges I think that are directly tied to me being a woman, of course, in comparison to those other fields. Um, I guess like just being, it's more so regarded to like being, I guess, a, in a position of leadership or in a position of like trying to get a project off the air where sometimes maybe um, my voice might be just in, in a position of leadership. I feel like this might not be because of a woman or anything, but it's just, I, I feel like I'm still trying to get used to like leading a team or, uh, you know, being kind of the, the main spokesperson for something like Find Your Story. It feels a little bit weird, given that I've never really been in a position like this before. And, you know, I guess typically <laughs> it's guys leading a lot of these things. Um, but I guess that would be one. And, and I think when it comes to, of course, gaining attention and like, you know, participating in things like this where I'm trying to talk about Find Your Story, it has uh, been relatively rare, I, I guess, uh, as a woman to, to have some of these opportunities. So I think like, of course, this podcast is a great way for, for me to talk about this organization here. But yeah, I think I'm just, as a woman, still trying to get used to being in such an open and vulnerable position uh, as, a, as a leader uh, in this organization. Mm -hmm. For yeah. sure. And being in such a high position of leadership, how have you overcame, how did you overcome these challenges and how did you really gather that attention and assert yourself as a position of authority as opposed to just someone doing something for fun and to make yourself be taken seriously? That's a good question. I, <laughs> I, Honestly, I don't, I don't think I, I make myself taken seriously in like that kind of way. Like I don't want to ever be seen as a very dominating or harsh figure um, as a leader. You know, I, I feel like when it comes to gathering attention for the organization, a lot of it comes from just being confident about the message you're portraying. Because I think, you know, some people probably earlier on when they saw this, like me trying to like promote the organization, they were like, oh, you know, this is some small random project. Like, I don't have to take it seriously. <laughs> you know, it's just a, a passion project. Like it's probably gonna fade away or something. You know, it's, I think at the beginning, it's about being confident about like, yes, this is something you should take seriously. This is something that you should be excited about when you're, you know, promoting it or you're just getting started building something. So when it comes to like being promoting your posts, for example, or like talking with people in your community about this, just like appear as a very confident voice, even if you feel like, you know, you're not, you have no idea what you're doing. Uh, it's about portraying that confident image and being like, yes, I, I created this and it's awesome and you should take it seriously. <laughs> so I'd say, yeah, that's definitely something I've learned a lot through this process. Like I oftentimes doubt myself when, especially the beginning when I was starting this, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can really do everything I wanna do with it. You know, we're gonna start off small. I don't even know if people care about this. Um, but then when it comes to getting more people to care about it, it's really about portraying that confidence and not being afraid to uh, to assert your voice and to you know reach out to, to get people interested in what you're offering. I think that's like the biggest 
I guess, thing I've learned on, on in, in the process of trying to start this organization is like those leadership skills and being able to be confident in yourself. Mm -hmm. Wow, I love that answer. That was actually just some as someone who's trying to do stuff around the school who, as someone who just tries to be involved in the community it's really inspiring to see other women and other girls doing something like this so hats off to you Brazine, you. Um, if you could do the next handling a leadership involves a lot of weak points sacrifices so who motivated you do, during these weak points or who was your backbone during that yeah so i as part of this initial process of like wanting to create something and wanting to kind of start a uh, it, like a social enterprise or a, a, an organization surrounding something I was passionate about, I was actually a part of this like entrepreneurship uh, program. It was called the the We Incubation Hub. I know like We is kind of this <laughs> organization that's faded away at this point, but basically it was this. Um, like collection of students who are interested in using their passions to to build something in their community. And I'd say a big part of that program was getting to learn, uh, getting to meet a lot of youth from across Canada who are passionate about something and also interested in building something. So that initially started out as like a, a part where I met a lot of friends and they kept me on track because throughout the like I think it was around eight weeks we all like shared ideas about what we wanted to build and we all kind of updated each other on the process of like oh we've you know come up with a new idea we've come up with this new program yada yada so a big part of it was like having those friends that were also passionate to you know really push you to keep going um and i think even if you're not part of a program like that if you're like interested generally having again a team of support whether that be you know a stu student team you're working with and the students around you to kind of push you that are, that are also excited about whatever you want to do that's definitely important so yeah a big part of what pushed me to keep going was that initial like group of friends that initial support system and then later on, it also became like the student team that became a part of Find Your Story, given that all of them were so passionate about the mission um, that really made me really happy and made me uh, want to keep, you know, running this organization and offering new activities for students. That's amazing. I feel that it is always good to have someone who supports you or who have your back. And, you know, if you if you want to start in a, like such a big organization, you need to have someone whom you can share stuff, you know, and sure. I am glad that you have someone like that. Yeah, for sure. So from having essay workshops to having writers take over, you've done a lot of impressive work on your platform. So I was wondering of all the projects Find Your Story Canada has done, which one has been your favorite to work on or to lead? Oh, that is a hard question. <laughs> uh, yeah, so given that we're relatively early, we did, we've only led, let's say, I, I think around three big projects. I've loved each one of them. So really good question. I, I think, I think one of my favorites probably then has to be uh, essay 101. So essentially we've led basically two workshops, which are one about short story writing, which was called the Sarah Story Workshops led by uh, youth author Sarah Frank. And then um, recently we had our letter writing competition, uh, which was Dear Love, Time, Death about, you know, writing letters and using letter writing as like a method of introspection. That was a competition. But the one I was talking about, essay 101, 
that's the workshop that we had that was specifically targeted towards high school students that were that needed skills for formal essay writing and even essay writing for colleges and for school. And I know essay writing, I think part of the reason why this was a, a program I really liked was because essay writing on its face was such a boring topic to topic. Yeah. I think a lot of students are like, oh, essay writing, like I, I don't want to write another essay. English class sucks, you know. So being able to be a part of that and like develop the curriculum with um, Erica, which is actually one of our team members who's in university studying like language education. She and like and I and like the rest of our team, we came up with all of these really fun activities that actually made this um, this topic and this genre of writing more palatable for a lot of people and a lot of like games and activities and like good ways to teach the material that made it memorable. And I think what really made me happy about that program was that even though it started off as such a boring thing, a lot of students actually ended up getting a lot of help from it. So they ended up going to school and actually applying a lot of the skills we taught in their essay writing classes, like history and English to get better marks. But a lot of people actually ended up getting like more interested in formal writing as a result of our workshops. So and, and like really praised our workshops for being much more engaging than like English class and the typical ways in which formal writing is taught. So I think, yeah, that definitely has to be my favorite because first off, it's a lot of fun to run, but it also made like a really big impact, I think, for, for a lot of students that needed uh, essay writing support. Wow, that is really cool. And I can tell it was a great opportunity. And I did hear much about it. That is actually how I found out about your organization. So that was just amazing. And I remember you guys did some paragraph writing and you guys did comparative essay as part of your essay 101 um, workshop series. And that was just really impressive. And Berzine, passing yeah. the mic. So success is very good for ourselves, for our confidence but failure makes us learn and see where our mistake was. So what is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Hmm, <laughs> uh, let's see. I, I, I think like, I wouldn't say there's been like a, a, a massive failure, like in terms of like, it's something that I, that set our entire project back and like made me almost give up <laughs> kind of failure that dramatic. I think at the beginning, Something that I really struggle, I don't think, I don't know if this was a failure, but it was just at the beginning, of course, when I was starting up, um, it was really hard to get people, again, interested in, like, applying to be a part of our organization and, and like, actually, because I needed a team to, like, help me, you know, manage a lot of the things we wanted to manage and, like, develop things. So, um, the first time I kind of set out applications was, like, in May-ish, I think, or something, and I, at the beginning, uh, it was very disappointing to me that we we got essentially very little interest. Of course, the organization was still new. So I, I think we only got about like seven or eight applicants and or or and I like we needed, a, you know, a bigger team than that. So I, I guess that was a bit of a setback. And I, I like ended up having to, you know, redo that process, try and get more people interested. Um, but, but yeah, I think at the beginning, it's definitely the place where you're most vulnerable to failure. I wouldn't say that again, that was such a huge failure that it really made me give up on the project or anything, but it was like definitely there where I kind of became a little discouraged and I was kind of wondering, you know, why, why aren't people interested in this? You know, have I not promoted it hard enough or do people just not really care about this idea? Um, but yeah, so 
I think that that definitely taught me, which is like the most important thing about kind of running an organization like this is getting youth to care about or getting attention from it. So instead of just kind of expecting that people are going to care about what I'm putting out there, I need to really make people care about it without like, obviously like trying to show them why they should care about it. Um, so I think that moment definitely taught me about why, you know, having a really good, you know, relationship with the people who are following your account or like getting people to getting a lot of people to know about your account and your, your, um, your specific activities is like the first crucial step before you can make any like really cool things happen. So that moment, you know, really emphasized the importance of like marketing and uh, getting like connections from people in the community that would be interested in what you're offering. That is amazing. You know, organization comes with successes, failures, and it is always good to, you know, whatever happens, you should get back on your feet and start doing the work again. Like you should not discourage yourself. And I'm, I'm glad you did that. You did not discourage yourself. Now on the opposite note of all your successes, which has been the most meaningful one and what have you learned from your greatest success as a writer, as a reader, as a leader in the community? Okay. <laughs> all these questions are really good, by the way. I, I need to think about this one too, because I actually don't know what I consider my greatest success. <laughs> and sorry, it's just, just within Finder Stories. It's just like in general. <laughs> in general as a writer as a student in your organization in whatever you've done what has been your success that's been really meaningful to you that you have gotten a really good lesson out of hmm, okay yeah I guess probably my greatest success would be <laughs> uh, okay so I guess like one of the greatest successes we got were like, of course, from the individual students that um, came to our events. Like a lot of what we tried to do was obviously getting people who, who were not very interested in um, writing and such. So I think, or sorry, rather, there a lot of the people who initially came to our program were people that were very interested. So of course they were drawn there by their own kind of desires to be there, if that makes any sense. Um, but then I think probably one of the key moments that I noticed, or especially within one of the workshops we were running, was that there was a student who emailed us about um, being an ESL student and being new to Canada and really finding our workshops as a, as a really good like spot for them to start getting better at English and using their English skills to to, you know, like, to, to improve themselves and to like, of course, utilize that in other ways. So I think probably then the biggest success there was not only like being able to use our program to help people who already were good at what we were teaching and like wanted to be there because they wanted to, but actually being able to also support a student who was very fearful of English and didn't really see it as a, as a very um, good language because they were new at learning it and they were unfamiliar with it. I think that type of being able to like reach a student like that and also be able to tell them that they really um, admired our work and helped uh, got, got a lot of help and support from the program we were offering that's probably the greatest success and it's something I I really want to do in the future because it's not uh, the purpose of our organization of course is to not just you know offer these programs for those that maybe already have access to resources that let them uh, pursue language education and already like have published their work to a bunch of magazines 
it's about trying to actually give students that don't have that support. So students that either are very new to the language or maybe come from educational backgrounds where they lack access to these types of classes uh, and to give them the support. So a lot of our new programs we're hoping can reach out to more of those students that are ESL that maybe come from schools that are not as wealthy or uh, really struggle in their English classes and get really low grades. Like those are the target audiences I'd say that we really want to uh, reach out to more and the more of those that we can help with our programs, I'd say the more successful our organization becomes. Wow, that is really admirable. And may I just say you're a very eloquent speaker. That Thank you. Very, <laughs> the way you talk about this, it's like you can tell you're very passionate about it and it's really inspiring. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. So now we're going to be moving on to our rapid round for this segment. And if you could have dinner with any three women, dead or alive, who would they be and why? Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. This is such a hard question. Um, the first person that popped into my mind for whatever reason is Emma Watson because <laughs> she's a cool actress. And also, she was Hermione Granger. And I, I know Harry Potter as a series is a bit on the rocks right now, but it's still made a big impact on my childhood. So probably she'd be one of them, you know, as also a really proud voice for feminism and like a lot of, uh, you know, in, in the world stage, I'd say she's definitely a very, a very cool person that I'd love to talk to. Oh man, I feel like the other ones are also gonna be like in the arts field. Let me think about this. <laughs> um, I'd say, I'd probably also say Margaret Atwood probably I mean I've read a lot of her books recently in like a reading spree but she's been like a really powerful author that's inspired me like on a writing level because a lot of her works tackle like super important feminist issues and she tackles them through like such a simple like eloquent way of writing as well as like through a very uh, accessible form to a lot of people so I think she I'll add her to the to the list <laughs> who would the third woman be let's see uh <laughs> i guess like i don't know i maybe like marie curry or something <laughs> again she's like uh, like in the stem field i guess she was like a revolutionary um female figure and i admire like a lot of her story kind of like when i was learning about her in school the fact that she was interested in like um she was she was a very hard worker and she kind of like stopped at nothing to get her education to get herself into like um a field that she was really passionate about despite what the men around her said so probably those three <laughs> all right describe what international women's day means to you international women's day i think is just a really it's like both a happy and and a sad thing because i i love how it's a, a day all about celebrating the accomplishments of like really powerful figures um, and it's it's something amazing to see kind of how a lot of these figures, even if you've never heard of them, how you're benefiting from their inventions and how their legacies have have made a, a splash on the world stage. But then it's also sad because it's the day where you think about kind of how much more we have to go as a society in terms of fixing a lot of those problems like, you know, women's um, suffrage in, a, in some countries or like the women's inequality, the pay gap uh, or violence against women. Like it's, it's both a day of like super happiness because you think about all those good things and a day where I think we need to really reflect on how much further we have to go to, to make, to be able to give more women uh, these opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, so in general, as a reader and a writer, 
if you could name a female book or movie character that has inspired you. Hmm. Okay. I think this is a, I think a lot of readers will probably know this one. So I really like, if you know, the six of crows, which is like a book by, um, it's, uh, what's her name again? Oh my God. It's, it's basically a book about, um, like these six thieves who kind of accomplish this thing in this like fantasy world. Um, Inej is like this like badass woman I don't know if I'm allowed to use that word here <laughs> that like she she's really powerful she's really like down to earth and she she's known for being like a very you know like sneaky and very uh powerful like woman figure and she's always been like one of my favorite characters in the book because of how badass she is and how cool she is and how she's still like in touch with her values and cares about people and stuff so probably her <laughs> I believe it's by Leigh Bardugo, I think. Right, that's her name. <laughs> I completely blanked. Yes, mm -hmm. Leigh Bardugo. And it's a really good series. It is. Super good. What is your International Women's Day message to our listeners? I think if you are a woman out there that has something you want to pursue and is like just really passionate about something, International Women's Day is a reminder of how awesome women can be and the fact that if you want to do something as a woman, don't let anything stop you. You know, don't let people around you tell you that you can't accomplish it or that you're not in the position to accomplish it. Really just give it your all and um, be inspired, like be inspired by all the people on International Women's Day that have um, made an impact through their various contributions as women. And know that, you know, if you work really hard and if you keep pursuing your passions, you'll probably become one of those awesome women that we'll talk about in the future. Whoa, that's inspiring. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're well on your way to becoming one of them, if not already. Oh, Definitely. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. <laughs> time. And lastly, do you have any cool new initiatives coming up from Find Your Story Canada that our listeners should look forward to? Yeah, we do. Thank you for asking. So, um, Currently, between like this month after kind of just doing our letter writing competition, we're taking a bit of a break, but in April or like in late March, you'll kind of hear about this initiative. We're actually running a, an, a journalism workshop series and a journalism kind of um, cohort system or like like it's for a very small group of students um, with another youth publishing platform called Inkspire.org, if you've ever heard of it. Basically, our two organizations are running this joint initiative in which we're going to be getting youth and especially youth from underprivileged backgrounds or from unique backgrounds to join this program, learn about the different processes of journalism writing. And also at the end of the program, essentially it's four weeks um, and it's completely free. I also forgot to mention that. You're going to be able to produce your own journalistic piece that is talking about something important in your community. And we really hope that this initiative will be something that gets a lot of young people to be interested in the news, to be interested in what's happening in their community and uh, to like talk about different social justice issues from the perspective of young voices. So news for youth, I think we're, we're announcing signups like late uh, March and it's happening in May. Follow at Find Your Story Canada and you'll be able to find out more about that initiative. But it's super Those exciting. Those are some good initiatives. Yeah, thank Just you. forward. <laughs> And I was actually in a workshop series with Inkspire. So I find that oh. you guys are doing this joint venture and I would definitely like to be like attending and it just sounds so cool. And it's really inspiring how you've put all of this together. So definitely, yeah. yeah. 
So everyone do check out Sherry's work on Instagram at Find Your Story Canada. And Sherry, thank you so much for your amazing and insightful answers. It was a pleasure speaking to you and sharing your story with our listeners. And we hope you keep doing all of these great, all of this great work that you're doing. And we wish you all the best for all your future endeavors. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. This was such a great opportunity. It was a lot of fun talking about all of these things. And happy International Women's Day. Thank you for having me again. Thank you. Happy International Women's Day. This was Nuha and Farzine on MGCI Talks, where we celebrate the genius, the innovation, and the resilience that is so particular to our differences. This was our pilot episode, so look forward to more amazing talks like these with amazing speakers like Sherry. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.